We've been talking about our mission statement to be and to make committed followers of Christ for a few weeks now, for really the whole year. (laughs) I can say that right now. For the whole year. And we've also talked about the three values that help us to accomplish that mission, equip, send, and serve. And we've talked about equip as um, uh, building, helping Christians to grow in their biblical character, their spiritual habits, and their ministry skills. We've talked about send, and we talk about send not necessarily in the context of four missions, but we believe that every single one of us have been placed strategically in the lives of other people, um, and, those, and those are the people we've been sent to. And so we're there with purpose and with um, an intention of being there. And once we've, in these relationships, we are called to serve those people. And so those are the three things we talk about, equip, send, serve. And we've been spending a little bit of time on serve, and today I want to continue, have another thing, talk a little bit more about that, and maybe set the tone for what you do and what you consider as you look at the tables and as you think about service in general. So two weeks ago, I talked about serving one another here in the context of a local church. And then last week, I talked about serving our local community, and I highlighted the work with Big Brothers and Big Sisters and the opportunity to work there. And matter of fact, let me just read something to you uh, really quickly about that. This is one of the profiles of one of the children from Big Brothers and Big Sisters from your table, right? Let me read it to you just so you get a sense of that, and then you go over and talk um, to Aaron afterwards. So this, is, this right here is Noah. He's 10 years old, and he's in the sixth grade, and he lives with his two siblings, his mom and his grandmom. Noah's father died three years ago from a drug overdose. Since then, Noah has struggled with grief and with experiences like night terrors, or he experiences night terrors. Noah's best friend used to live next door, but he moved away two years ago. Noah's mom says he's helpful, loving, and caring, and very helpful around the house. She says he has shut down a bit since his dad died and would benefit from having a positive role model that he could talk to. Noah says he would like a big brother to play board games with, to go bowling and fishing, and he likes football. He's a big Eagles fan. Um, and he wants to be a football player and help the homeless when he grows up. So this is just one of the kind of young people that are looking for a big brother, a big sister mentor. And so if you want to know more about that, please make sure that you make your way over there to Aaron's table after the service, okay? So today I want to talk a little bit more about service, and I'm going to cover some of the same ground, but I hope that I can expand on that just a little bit. In Matthew 20... There's this, this exchange between Jesus and the disciples. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Lord lord it over them, and that the great ones have absolute power, but it must, must not be that way with you. No, whoever among you wants to be great must become a servant of all, and he, wants to be first, and he who wants to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to, be, but, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Pay attention to that phrase there where Jesus says, I came, I'm the creator of the universe, I am the king of the universe, and I came to serve, not to be served. And then in John 13, he's already said, I came to serve, and then in John 13, he goes, this is how I serve. And there in John 13, you know, he says, when Jesus had washed their feet and he put his clothes on, he sat down and spoke to them and says, do you realize what I've just done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for your teacher and Lord I am. But if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you must be ready to wash one another's feet. I've given you this as an example so that you may do as I've done. Believe me, the servant is not greater than his master and the messenger is not greater than the man who sent him. And once you realize these things, you will find happiness in 
doing them, doing them. And then later on, in the same chapter, verse 35 of John 13, he says, Now I'm giving you a new command. Love one another, just as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And this is how, pay attention to this. Pay close attention to this. And this is how all men will know that you are my disciples, because you have such love for one another. I'm just going to pause right there and just say, you can put bumper stickers on your car, and you're wearing T-shirts, and you can wear tattoos, and you can braid your hair into a fish or something like that. I don't care what you're going to do, but if, unless you're not loving someone around you, you don't look or smell like Jesus at all. And so actually, you do the Lord a disservice when you have all that stuff going on in your life, and you're still hateful and mean and spirited and have all kinds of broken relationships and are stealing from the boss and all that other stuff. I'm just going to go so far and say, and that is the very people that he talks about in Revelation that he will spew out of his mouth. Those who talk but don't walk. Let me just uh, read something to you. Chuck Swindoll has this little phrase in his book, Improving Your Service, that I really appreciated, and I don't want to take credit for it, so I'm going to read it right from him. He told them to wash one another's feet. What an admonition. What an instruction. As I've done to you, you should do to one another. Our obedience is put to the maximum test of that level. Now here's the clincher. Verse 15. For I gave you an example that you should do as I, do, as I did to you. Let's read it in, in a much more popular way. I give you an example that you should study about it on Saturdays. No. You should study about it on Sunday mornings and talk about it. No. I give you an example that you should form discussion groups and meditate on it. No. I gave you an example that you should memorize my words and repeat them often. No. Jesus said it plainly. He's looking for action, not theory. I give you an example that you should do as I do. So let's, let's take the value of obedience as a practical as, as possible. Let's play pretend. Let's pretend that you work for me. And in fact, you're my executive assistant in a company that's growing rapidly. And I, the owner, am interested in expanding overseas. To pull this off, I make plans to travel abroad and stay there until the new branch office opens. I make all the arrangements to take my family and move to Egypt, to Egypt, to Europe for six or eight months. And I leave you in charge for the busy stateside organization. And I tell you that I write you regularly and give you direction and instructions. I leave and you stay. Months pass. A flow of letters are mailed from Europe and received by you at the national headquarters. I spell out all my expectations. Finally, I return. And soon after my arrival, I drive down to the office and I'm stunned. Grass and weeds have grown up high. A few windows along the street are broken. I walk in the receptionist's room and she's doing her nails, chewing gum, and listening to her favorite disco station. This was written in the 70s. <laughs> Listen to her favorite hip-hop group. I look around and notice that the waste baskets are overflowing. The carpet hasn't been vacuumed for weeks, and nobody seems concerned that the owner has returned. I ask about your whereabouts, and someone in the crowded lounge points down the hall and says, I think he's down there. Disturbed, I move in that direction, and I bump into you as you're finishing a chess game with our sales manager, and I ask you to step into my office, which has been temporarily turned into a television room for watching afternoon soap operas. What in the world is going on here. What do you mean, Chuck? Well, look at this place. Didn't you get any of my letters? Letters? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got all the letters. 
As a matter of fact, Chuck, we have, we have a letter study every Friday night since you left. And we've divided all the personnel into small groups and discussed many of the things you wrote. And some of those things were really interesting, Chuck. You'll be pleased to know that a few of us have actually committed your letters to memory. One, of the, one or two of them have memorized the, all your letters. Great stuff in those letters, Chuck. Thank you. Okay, okay, so you got my letters. You studied them. You meditated on them. You discussed them. You memorized them. But what did you do about them? Do? Um, we, we really didn't do anything. Does it sound familiar? Does it feel familiar? Doing is what God says is pretty important to him. In John 14, 15, he says, If you love me, you will do what I say. You will obey my commandments. What does it mean if we don't keep his commandments? What's the message we're sending? Well, we're sending that we don't love you very much. We love ourselves more. Therefore, it's really important that we serve each other and that we love each other because in doing that, we obey him and we essentially tell him we obey him. If you read through the Old Testament prophets, it's, he t- all the time says, don't burn any more incense. Don't tell me what you think of me. Do what I asked you to do. Take care of the orphans and the widows. And he says, don't talk to me anymore. Just do something now, okay? You bother me. But there is another benefit to obeying him, especially when it comes when serving each other and loving each other. By this, all men will know you're my disciples. When we serve each other and we love each other and we love those in our community as we love ourselves, we'll look more like Jesus. You will understand him better. You will love others around you better. You will represent him to a very doubtful, mocking world better than anything you would say. There's a lot of us Christians, we need to just shut up and do something. I mean, just like stop talking already and just do something. And if the church ever needs to represent Jesus better, it is right now. Last week, as we were talking in this room about how little the world respects the church and Christians in Jesus, the rest of the nation was opening up their morning paper, or at least opening up their digital paper to the Houston Chronicle to a headline that read like this, Abuse of Faith, 20 Years, 700 Victims, The Southern Baptist Sexual Abuse Spreads as Leaders Resist Reforms. They went on to read in a three-part article, 380 church leaders are known to have been involved in inappropriate situations of all kinds. Choosy Paper here in town reported on 180 Catholic priests right across the river here in Trenton. They just add those to all the ones here in Pennsylvania. And then you can add on that that on Friday, the Pope for the first time defrocked a man who's complicit in sexual issues. The church needs a dose of Christians obeying Jesus and looking like Jesus, doesn't it, right now? Two things to remember as you visit these tables today. Number one, when you serve, you're obeying the examples, the example of Jesus. You are looking like him and acting like him and demonstrating your allegiance to him when you serve others in your life. Number two, when you serve, 
Others will see Jesus in you, and our world desperately needs to see the real incarnate life and power and love of Jesus in our world today. So when you go around to these tables here, you're not going around these tables looking for something to fill up your life. You're not going around these tables looking for someone who needs you. You're going around these tables and you're saying, I need to grow in Jesus. Because Jesus served, I need to serve better. I need to serve more. I need to serve sacrificially. So I'm going to go around these tables right now, and I'm going to figure out how can I grow in Jesus today by serving better in my life. That's the attitude that we should be going around our tables with. That's the attitude that we need to be approaching service in general. And the thing is, is like any of us who are approaching these tables saying they need me, they just don't know it, don't go to a table. Because Jesus doesn't need anyone who thinks they're the answer to the problem. He needs people who just want to serve quietly, humbly, in the background, without their name getting known. That's who he's looking for. So if you have the answer... Don't, don't go to a table. I'm sorry. We got coffee downstairs. You're welcome to that. But Jesus is looking for people who just want to serve, and they're not sure if they can do it very good, and they're not sure if they know how to do it very well, but they love Jesus, and they want to know more about him, and that's why they serve. Let me pray, okay? Father, this morning, I just want to come before you, and, and I confess that I am full of myself more than I need to be. Man, alive. And I'm so sorry. And Father, I confess that I have done a poor job at times of representing you, many times really, most of the time probably, of representing you and of being an example to the world. But Lord, it is in the context of service, looking like you and acting like you and following your example that we begin to like demonstrate to the world that Jesus is real and that he influences the life of men and women and children. And while the newspapers will never focus on the good service of many of the people in this room, there are others who are watching who notice. And Lord, I believe that they'll read those headlines and they'll read about people who are dis- disrep- or misrepresenting you and they'll think, but I know I know Dave Stanton, and he's not like that. He's the real deal. And they'll look at people in their life, and they'll say, that person is not like the headlines. That person, maybe, maybe that's what Jesus is like. May we be those people in the lives of our community, and may we be people who are growing in our love for you and our obedience to you as we serve others around us. And so we look to you to help us lay aside all of our agendas, to lay aside our calendar, to lay aside our needs, to lay aside our wants, to lay aside our comfort and serve you and find in you a purpose, a peace, a fulfillment that we've never known before. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. All right.